From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. From Vancouver, Canada to the masses. The Wonder Brand Show, hosted by Jeremy Brand, will bring you the best in pop culture. Boom! Episode 24, The Wonder Brand Show. Joining me today is a guy that you may know from Twitter. If you are in the NHL gaming community, he goes by No Sleeves Gaming. You also may know him as Cam. Probably none of you guys know him by that. Sleeveless Gaming. Uh, Cam, thanks for joining me today, man. Man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I've known about the no sleeves gimmick that you've had going on for a little while now, but I want to get into your backstory. I want to talk about like coming up through this whole community that we're going through, and I want to talk about you as a person before we get into you know like NHL twenty twenty one blah 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 all that other stuff. So growing up, were you a guy that was like in front of people because you've sort of made a name doing that these days uh on screen on twitch uh even within the gaming community and esports you've uh made a name for yourself you know even talking to ardo cal and stuff like that um i mean uh to be honest i i've always been pretty outgoing i have a really hard time with saying like introducing myself like i i have a hard time with that that first kind of like communication but once i say hello or get introduced to someone yeah i can talk for like hours it's always been part or being being a chatty kathy has always been something i've been pretty good at so uh yeah no it's uh translated pretty well as, as my life has gone on so uh seems to have helped me as i uh, walk down this interesting career path definitely now as you say career path what, what was it that led you this way what, what did you do prior to becoming a streamer I worked for a uh, financial. I worked for a bank, and my job was to basically find fraudulent orders and whatnot for people stealing from the company on on fake credit cards and things like that. And I really liked my job. I was at it for like five or six years, made good money, uh, but it just uh, wasn't it. wasn't where I uh, I found myself in, the, in about the last year, just driving to work, and just all I could think about was Twitch, YouTube, the brand. Um, you know, what I was going to do next. And there was just this eight hour thing where I just had to go and do. So, uh, had enough of that. So I had to call her quits and start down uh, this path, which is wild. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I want to talk pre, uh, streaming and whatnot. Like, obviously you grew up a video game fan. What, what's sort of your first memories of playing video games? So uh, a couple big ones. I remember the first game I ever remember playing was, uh, Oh man, I want to say it's called Chip and Dale Rescue oh, Rangers or something for the regular Nintendo. Uh, I remember my grandmother giving me my first ever console as a Super Nintendo, and it was uh, like Super Mario. I never liked Mario though; hate Mario games. Not gonna lie, I <laughs> uh, wasn't a fan. Uh, the first game I grinded that I can remember, like just going all in one, was uh, Super Star Wars for the Super Nintendo, and I actually. I bought a Retron from this. My buddy of mine owns a used game store. And um, so I I got obsessed with going in there last summer and I bought a Retron, which basically allows me to stream any console game that was before like PlayStation one. So I can do Genesis, regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy Advance, and I can stream it all HD. So once I got that, I was, I picked up Super Star Wars and some other games that I played that uh, when I was a kid. And uh, those ones are big. um, The first game I became like, that I realized was like my favorite game. One of my favorite games of all time, metal gear solid. I'll, I remember playing that for PlayStation one. Uh, I remember, uh, 
there's a part in it and this is pre-internet era i'm I'm a little older so this is like pre everyone having internet in their house so when you had a problem in a video game there was like your buddy's cousin who like randomly told like that was how you got by in a video game uh, i remember this part in metal gear me and my buddy were like seven or eight years old the game's way too old for us like wait we were way too young to be playing it but we got stuck in this one part for anyone that knows metal gear Solid, I, I think it was the darpa chief we couldn't figure out you had to see for this wall and for the two weeks we ran around trying to figure out how to advance <laughs> in this game and we could not until one of our buddies we were just sitting there again just kind of shooting the shit and he goes man that wall's weirdly colored and c4 that and that was the rest was history that was like the <laughs> first like and that honest to god was like two weeks of playing a couple times a week and we had we there was no way to fix it uh, I remember getting, uh, finding out about Pokemon. I was seven years old and Pokemon came out. It was literally made for my generation. Um, still love Pokemon. I remember getting, uh, convincing my dad to buy me Pokemon Blue. And my buddy down the street is a little bit older than me. Gave me his old, old Game Boy. Like old one. And I played Pokemon. Oh, a gross amount of hours as a child. Like I, I would love to know how many Game Boys that I like, just because you know you bro- always broke Game Boy colors. Yeah, like always broke. Like everyone had three or four Game Boy colors if you were born in like early nineties, and every Pokemon game I pretty much played throughout. And then um, NHL's always been around. Like I, the first NHL I remember, um, I played them all. Like I remember playing ninety four and whatnot. I don't really remember it, but I know I did. Um, NHL ninety eight for PlayStation one was like one of my first PlayStation one games, and I remember playing GM mode in that just for hours on end. <clears throat> and yeah, there's been some other games throughout uh, throughout the lifetime that's kind of stuck, like uh, Knights of the Old Republic for original Xbox, the Grand Theft Autos. Like I, when people talk about Grand Theft Auto, I think like PlayStation One top down view. Like I yeah, remember yeah, those yeah, Grand yeah, Theft Autos. Sure. Like I remember seeing <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Three and being like, "This is real life." On PlayStation Two, like I remember that and stuff. But no, it's it's been fun seeing this era of gaming. I'm I'm glad that I got to see the old stuff. That's pretty uh, cool. It sounds like my generation. I remember Chippendale completely. So were you one of those guys <laughs> that, you know, walking through the grocery store with your mom or whatever, picking up the cheat code magazines and stuff? I had, uh, I, I, oh my God, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power. Oh, and I remember, here. This, I remember <laughs> this magazine I would buy, I get my mom to buy every year. And it was... Oh, uh, it was it was like Cheat Code 2000 or Cheats, I can't remember. I remember my mom buying me a Game Shark. For anyone that remembers what a Game Shark yeah. is. Uh, that was like the coolest thing. The second you get a Game Shark, you could just plug it into like your Super Nintendo game, and you would get like Infinite Lives, things like that. That was one of the coolest things I ever remember. But no, I remember the gaming magazines. Um, like I said, in the description, Nintendo Power. I remember uh, getting like the PlayStation One. I or I remember PlayStation Magazine. I, I'd buy it every once in a while. I'd get my mom to buy it, and I'd have like a demo for Test Drive or something in it. And I <laughs> loved that. Loved it. But that's a whole other era. I oh, miss man, that. Those era, were the days yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that was awesome. All right. So you talked about NHL there. Obviously, that's the passion right now uh, with all the esports that are going on with NHL, and you've become a big proponent in that. Uh, talk about your entry into NHL. You said you played NHL 94, you played NHL 98. That was the GM mode. But what really got you hooked on, you know, finding your way through this game? Um, I mean, to be honest, like GM mode, like I, every year it didn't matter. There would be a point, like I would buy it at launch every single year. Like, um, behind me, I have every single EA NHL game ever made. Um, I like, I would buy it at launch and there's some, some years I wouldn't touch it until like December, but there would be a point in the year where I would dump, 
a couple hundred hours in GM mode. I would, I, and like, and then back in like when I was a teenager, like how you settled in an argument was a game of NHL, <laughs> like couch play NHL, like you rock, paper, scissors, see who goes down twice. And then you throw, you know, lunch on it. Like that's how it was. And then me and my buddy, Oh God, we had this one thing that we would do. Um, we'd hang out if we, if we weren't doing something like outside when I was like 2006 ish. Um, I remember playing NHL. NHL 06 is one of my favorite games. Uh, I remember playing NHL 06 a ton. And what we would do is I had this poster in my room and it was a mask of every team. And we would, I don't, I had this random thing I got for Christmas and we would take a, a note, like a stick, a sticky note. And we would draft our teams. And if you lost, we'd play a game and we lost, if you lost it, you'd take the sticky thing off and you'd be done. You couldn't use them anymore. So eventually we'd play like 15 games <laughs> and then we'd, we'd get down to see who would get all their teams eliminated first. And that you'd win like 20 bucks, like something like this is when we barely had jobs. Uh, but then I, uh, I realized I started playing online. I really didn't like online. Like um, I didn't get really good at online. And even now I'm like, I've diminished. I, it, I'm not nowhere near as what I used to be at it, but um like I remember like NHL 13 to 15 to 16 ish was probably the best I've ever been. And, uh, yeah, like again, my buddies weren't really into online for NHL. Like I, it was really big in halo. Like that was what most of my friends played NHL versus like online. wasn't really a big thing. I was something I did on my own. And, uh, yeah, I, when I got into streaming, I didn't really even stream NHL, but I realized that I could probably use that because i had a pretty vast knowledge of the game so i started a youtube channel decided to start streaming nhl instead of what i was doing and uh it just kind of took off so were you guys yeah for sure were you guy with gm mode that you you let any trades happen or do you remember a trade that went through that you were like oh my god that actually worked i mean all the nhls are like that like i remember being a kid trying to do like the you know, trying to get like Crosby when he was a rookie or, you know, like trying to get Solani and things like that, where you're just like sending the farm or yeah. some crap and just continually adding one more pick, like until you, until you get it. Yeah. But I mean, those, those happen every single year, but to be honest, I really didn't like building a team that's too stacked. I like the challenge. I like making it as real as possible. Like I would spend hours editing rosters, like hours editing them to what they were actually supposed to be. And what I thought, um i'm a big sharks fan so like i watched every sharks game from like 2004 on so i watched a ton of hockey so i'd always be i was always make a sharks gm thing and then i would add in the players from the ahl that weren't in the game and stuff like that that was more of what i focused on but that was like the big hook but again like i said there'd be a span every year where i would just dump hundreds of hours into it so when did the youtube and and uh twitch thing start like when did that go through your head when did you decide to to move into that side of things and where the hell did no sleeves gaming come from okay well that's okay well the twitch thing um i remember watching uh actually start with i guess i start with my nickname first a uh, girl i worked with i i when I, I worked at a call center uh for apple actually and um i had i was always i was i was never really like athletic I mean, at my late teens, I wasn't, but like in my, all through my life until like probably like grade 11 and 12, I stopped being athletic and I was about 20 and, um, decided to start getting in shape with my buddy. He got really into the gym and I would just literally w- walk to run to work every day. And it would be like, I think it was like three or four kilometers, but I would just end up wearing like whatever. I didn't give a shit what anyone thought about me at my work. I didn't care. I was good enough for my job. They were going to get rid of me. So I'd, they'd give us Apple t-shirts and I cut the sleeves off and it would just be my gym shirt. And I would show up to work like that. I'd wear a hoodie, but then someone threw up my shift. I'd take it off. This, this girl I worked with started calling me Cam No Sleeves one time and I had to make a PSN. I was like, okay, this is it. And then 
it's a terrible gimmick choice. Just an <laughs> awful gimmick choice as I got older in life. And now I'm just, I've kind of hit a point where I'm, I would say too big, but I, it's, it'd be bad to change. It would not be, it would not be good. But the Twitch and YouTube thing. So that's pretty cool because I started watching, I remember I got PlayStation 4 and I was waiting for a game. I'd been waiting for a game that I liked. Wow. Uh, I was in high school when wow clock, when wow vanilla came out and uh, I played the shit out of that in high school, but then it got too much and I didn't really care. I got into college didn't care about games for a little while. Um, but uh, I was waiting for a game where I could get into it. It was like an MMO kind of thing that I could get from the start and be like super into it and know everything and do everything. So that was destiny. So when destiny came out for PS4 and Xbox or whatever, I crushed that game. That was all, all I did. It was all I thought about. Like whenever I was gaming, like I didn't play any other game really. And that was the years I played the least amount of NHL. And, um, so I remember just, again, I was on destiny Reddit all the time. And I remember seeing this link for a streamer and it was uh, King Gathalion and, uh, professor Broman two two, whoops, two of the biggest streamers, um now well Gathalion actually got bought by microsoft to go to mixer for just an absurd amount of money and professor broman is over a million followers on twitch so two of the bigger guys and i remember watching them play destiny i remember watching king Gathalion. he was an older guy i mean he's he's got to be like seven or eight years older than me so he's about 38 he's almost 40 and he was just funny to watch he was just playing video games and that was all he was doing he was just making tons of money and i remember sitting there thinking like my god i could do this like not to the extent and i'll probably never be that extent but like i was just like man i could do this and i didn't even know what twitch was it was the first time i watching twitch it was a destiny stream of professor broman and then i watched gathalion and i was only watching those two on twitch twitch was like it was just those two on destiny and that was it i didn't care about anything else on the platform i didn't even know what it was and this is like 2015 i didn't even know what it was they didn't care about nhl then like nhl in the sense that i do now um and i ended up i remember doing it i mean you ever done that thing in life where you just whiteboard? Oh, yeah, where like, for sure. Oh, God. 100%. So I whiteboarded for like two years. I was like, I finally got into a good job that I just left. I got into a good job that I've been trying to for a while. Um, I was making good money, and I was just like, it was a hobby. And I was like, man, one day I'm just going to you know, stop this and stream. And just and then uh, it, my, my my now wife was like, well, what why, what's stopping you now? I'm like, well, I don't have a computer to do it. I like, <laughs> don't have like a webcam and all that. So there's one day um, I ordered all this stuff, built a PC, which I had never done. Again, trying to find a reason that it probably wouldn't work. Um, anyways, I started streaming. I remember my first stream was I streamed. Um, I had to work. I worked one to nine every day. So my what I did was is I would no sorry I worked three to eleven. Sorry, I worked three to eleven every day, Monday to Friday or whatever, at my job. And I was like, okay, for this to work and me to be consistent, I need to stream from midnight to four a.m. So I streamed Destiny from midnight to four a.m for like two months and the first stream i remember just farming this gun and it was just mindlessly boring i got one viewer and i still follow him (laughs) on twitter i haven't talked to him in years but i still remember my first follower and um he uh anyways i started talking then i'm just then i'm in it so destiny is a gigantic game with at this especially this point it's a huge game and um, I got a pretty big followers, averaging like 20 viewers, which was which was really impressive considering how down you are on the thing. Started Googling how to get bigger on on Twitch. And the best way to grow on Twitch for anyone that wants to stream on Twitch and become bigger is YouTube. Literally, no matter how much you stream, you will not grow nearly as much as if you get bigger on YouTube. So I started making Destiny videos on YouTube. My very first video I ever uploaded 
and it's the only non-NHL video that's on my channel still. Uh, I posted on Reddit randomly. Didn't even know what it did. Had no edits. Posted it to my channel from my PlayStation. <laughs> it's completely unedited. I woke up the next morning, and uh, I got an email, and it was from Kotaku. And this guy from Kotaku was like, hey, man, we want to make an article about your video. Is that cool? And I'm like, what? I go and look <laughs> at 300,000 views Holy on this. Holy shit. Yeah. It, was, it blew up on Destiny Reddit. Is all over a bunch of gaming websites, and at that point I was like, and I did, I didn't have any other content. It was just that one clip. I got twenty five subscribers out of it. My oh, first twenty five for a three hundred thousand view clip. Now, if I would have happened now, that would completely change my life, probably. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, I start making some Destiny videos a little bit, and then I realized that like, I I kind of fell out of love. Destiny kind of got old and boring, and I wasn't growing. And I was like, man, I probably could. Man, I know so much about NHL. And it was like tutorial stuff. Like I was, I'm obsessed with like online with like strategies, yeah. like how players are better. So I started making a couple how to how to suck less videos on Twitch or on YouTube. Those kind of blew up, uh, and now here we are. That's the long winded version, I guess. But well, yeah, no, that's, no, uh, I, that was that's awesome because I mean, a lot of people in the NHL community know sort of your story. Obviously, a ton of people that are listening to this probably don't know your story, so. I'm glad you went into long wind there for sure. Cause that's pretty cool. Um, I didn't know that as well about the whole destiny thing. <laughs> that's pretty that's it. And you can go to my YouTube channel and my very first video, 300,000 <laughs> is trials of Osiris clip, this PVP clip. That's pretty insane. So now you're a Twitch partner, you're an EA mm-hmm. game changer for NHL mm-hmm. and you've, you know, you're obviously not the guys that are making it big in the NHL community in terms of esports are the younger guys. You're of an older generation, as you said earlier. Uh, how do you keep up with these young bucks? To be honest, man, like some of my closest friends, uh, there are some older guys in the in the community that are very like John Wayne is one of my like if, if John Wayne like I've been to Alaska to visit him. He is one of the best in the world. He finished second in the Game of World Championships last year. He finished third the year before that. Um, still one of the best in the game, and uh, but. Uh, me and him and when you go to lands like so i've been to like over the last year and a half i've probably been to like 10 land 10 to 15 land events uh, for nhl and when you meet these guys in person whether they're they have egos online or they're assholes or whatever in person they're not like you you get to actually hang out with these people and a lot of them become like close friends like like um regs and young grand i talk to almost every day like they at a certain point it becomes like as long as they don't act childish and a lot of them don't to be honest with you i don't know if it's because this game is not very childish it's like a sport you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. it's not like Fortnite or something where like these you know these little squeakers are just you know saying stupid stuff all the time these are guys that are in college like a lot of us are like the same stuff so we just literally just shoot the shit all the time like uh, to be honest, man, most of, like, a lot of my close buddies are in their early twenties from this community, and I think that it might be because like I do something now for a living that is for younger people or would be viewed as for younger people. So like my age is the only thing about my age is it's a funny story when they find out. Usually, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. No one thinks that I'm do they 30, razz you? But, what do they razz you? Oh yeah, oh, I'm a hundred percent now just a boomer. Yeah. Like that's all people refer to me as. Like that's it. I'm washed, like I'm no good, like I'm just an old person, like that's all it is now. Hilarious. So you said, mm-hmm. you mentioned there your now wife uh, said what's stopping you from doing it. Was there any sort of hesitation when you made that switch to quit that job that you made decent money at? I mean, obviously you said you whiteboarded it for quite a while there, thinking about stuff, but what was the final tipping point? 
so like the first two or three years, this is my fourth year now of making content. So my first two and a half years, it was just a hobby. I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just grinding. Like I, uh, was always in the gym. I was always at work. I was, you know, uh, about to have my wedding. Um, and, uh, everything was going all right. I was slowly building a following, but then I, again, I found that like, I just, I was going to work and I would hate the drive, not because of like, it's a long drive or anything like that. It's just like, all I could think about was what my next stream was going to be like, what my next video was going to be. Am I interacting enough on Twitter? Have I emailed enough people today? Have I responded in terms of all these, all any other emails or business stuff? Uh, like what's my next overlay update going to be? Like I would go to work and I would just be checked out. I would just be a zombie and I was doing fine at work, but it, I just hated it so much. So I got to a point where I could make enough money at this where my wife would, my wife basically gave me like two years um, to try and make it. So now I, where I make an income that is, you know, similar to what it was. And the first year is um, with this last event I just did for the IHF. I'm now pretty close, pretty close to what I was making. And uh, yeah, it hasn't impacted it. Obviously I know there's an end date, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not someone who just uh, thinks that, you know, NHL has a very small community. So to make a living at it, I have to, a lot of people just go on Twitch, Twitch. And if you're streaming, I have 50 viewers in my stream and maybe 150 subs. People are going to be like, you can't live off that. Well, absolutely not. Like you have to, I have to, the second I'm done my stream, I go and do a little bit, I do a little bit cardio. I mean, I can't right now. I can't go to the gym right now because of COVID, but um, you know, YouTube, I'm making a video, make it, make a video at least one every single day. And then after that, I try and do as many events as I can for, for esports. and you combine all three of those things together and then it provides you an income. But if I stop any one of them, it's it, it's over. It's not like another game, like, you know, like call of duty or something where I could be a big time YouTuber or streamer in that. And you could just, you just play and that's it. It's, it's not really how it goes. So anyone like it's, it's very, very difficult. You, you could not be successful outside of maybe, two to three people for each platform for NHL. If you were just a YouTuber, Twitch streamer or broadcaster wouldn't happen. Not to, and again, it, it, the, your quality of life is also important. Like is I live in a pretty nice place. Now i own my truck. My wife owns her car. We don't, you know, we live comfortably. Um, but we obviously, we don't own our own home or anything like that. So like there, there needs to be like, if I had a kid, it'd be different, but your quality of life needs to, if it's lower, you don't need to make as much. That kind of thing is what I'm trying to get across. Hundred so. percent makes sense yeah. for sure. Now you you spoke about you know broadcasting and and the esports events, going to LAN events. Uh, you're obviously doing the broadcasting and whatnot now. Uh, talk about the first time that happened. How did that even come about? Uh, who approached you for it? And what's the experience been like so far? Because you spoke about you know the IWHF one that you just did with Ardo Cal. That had to be like checking something off of a bucket list almost. So, uh, yeah, that was something. So, uh, my, how it all started, I had no intention of doing it and I still didn't really. Um, but, uh, basically I got a limit last year. The Leafs ran a Leafs gaming tournament. I qualified for the playoffs in it. Um, their first ever esports event It was online and I'd made it to like the third round of like seven and I got knocked out. But for whatever reason, this was last year was the first real year of events for NHL, like in terms of team based events. Um, so it was big. So I had like 250 people in there and I looked at the viewers and I was like, man, I can't just end this. Cause I was, I was knocked out as limited. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to follow along with the biggies 
and I'll just commentate over it. I don't like my voice. I don't think I'm a good play by play guy. I think that <laughs> I'm much more, I'm a much better color guy. I think just because of like my insight in the game and the amount of time, the amount of stuff I've watched of these guys. So I can like, in terms of like providing or making a better broadcast, I always think color is the best way to go, but I do this play by play for the Leafs thing. And then the next weekend, the Washington Capitals uh, qualifier was happening. And I was like, okay, I'll make a watch party. and I'll just do that. It's like 11 hours long, sat there for 11 hours to play by play until my voice couldn't go next day did the exact same thing. And then it was basically every event I could do that was on Twitch. It became where my stream was like a watch party and I would just commentate over it. And then, um, I mean, my first like gig was like real one where it was like, okay, um, was the lightning event this year. So, Professor Broman and King Gathalian, the guys that got me into streaming, they own a coffee company. They started, it's called King's Coast, and it is the best coffee on the planet. Um, their guy who does all their head roast, their head roaster, the guy who does all the roasting for the coffee, shipped to order all around the world. It's in, they're from Long Island. He was watching my stream one day and lurking because he's a big Islander fan, watching, and he loves NHL. He was sitting there in the King's Coast roastery. And uh, I was watching my stream and I said, there was no NHL guy because I'm usually a morning guy. There was no guy on for me to host. So I was like, all right, guys, well, I'm going to host the guy that got me into streaming. So uh, anyways, I'll see you guys tomorrow. And I hosted King Gathalian. I get this message immediately going, hey, man, you just hosted the guy that owns our coffee company. And I was like, what? And then he's also a part owner. And we got to talking about like the company Twitch and we became really good friends. And, uh, so fast forward a little bit more. Um, the, the guys that own Kings coast also own a charity called GCX and they're going on right now. Their Twitch stream is right now uh, where they raise millions of dollars every year for St. Jude. So I offered to help with the Kings coast booth at their gaming convention last year in about a bit, two weeks, a year ago, two weeks from now, um, in Orlando. So I went, and I got to meet Professor Broman. I got to hang out in, like in his, you know, like in their penthouse with all of them. I got the behind the scenes. Like it was, it was the coolest thing. But they, uh, they're like collaboration for them. Whenever they do events, they own this little company called Rare Drop in Orlando. So King Gathalian, Professor Broman, Kevin Magic, uh, and Tim the Darkness from Facebook, who's the biggest Facebook gaming streamer. They own Kings Coast. They own GCX, the gaming convention, and they own this company called Rare Drop. It's basically a way for them to like all be together instead of being separate. They got the Tampa Bay lightning event. So Kevin messaged me and goes, Hey man, you ready to be the commentator? I was like, sure. (laughs) We go, I fly to Orlando and man, I was sick. Like it would have been different if I didn't know them, but they were my friends and I didn't want to let them down. So I was terrified. I did the broadcast though. It went fantastic. And, uh, that's, that was pretty much it. Once I did that, it was fine. So then I've done the Leafs, one of the Leafs lands this year, uh, right before that. Um, then I do like sixes stuff now. And then I got the IHF event, which, uh, I'm, I, my, my good buddy, Arto Cal, who I met at, uh, land Detroit's land. The first land I ever went to, uh, I was basically just helping out. I got asked by gamer saloon to just make sure that their land and event runs correctly. So I was like, okay, sure. I know how NHL is. I know we, we so I met Arta there because he was the commentator for it. One of the coolest guys and one of my close buddies now. He is uh, one of the most down-to-earth people, and he's an Emmy award-winning, like, you know, an announcer. Like, it's crazy. And, uh, yes, yeah, so the IHF asked me to do that event, and me and him got to do two of the two of the matches, and uh, that was definitely a bucket list thing for me. That was, uh, that was one of the coolest things I got to do. 
All right, we got about you know seven eight minutes before you got to bounce here, so I want to talk the game itself, NHL mm-hmm. twenty. Going into NHL twenty one, you are an EA game changer, which gets mm-hmm. a lot of flack, especially mm-hmm. in this day and age. Uh, how did the game changing thing come about? Was that you know because you were a Twitch partner and whatnot? Uh, did they approach you? Were you part of that whole thing where you could apply for it at the time? Uh, talk about becoming a game changer and how much flack you get personally because you are one of these game changers. Okay. So, uh, this was 2018. So I wasn't a partner yet. Um, but I was, um, I made content. It was after my, it's basically a year and a half is right after my wedding and Flopfish was still the community manager. And, um, I guess I'm savvy enough to know it's, uh, you know, not how many people, you know, it's who, you know, so I would message flop every once in a while. I'm like, Hey man, is there anything I could do to help out in the community? I mean, like if you guys are looking for anyone to, to help anything, I was always trying to find a way to say, Hey, how can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> and I got an email saying he wanted me to join the game changer program. And that was it. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Uh, game changers obviously take, uh, take a lot of flack because you know, everyone just assumes that we don't do anything because we, we don't really have say over changing a game. That's the developer's yeah. job. Our, our, our role is basically, we're like lightning rods of opinions. So we take all of our communities and the developers bring stuff up to us and then we give our points. And something I want to get across is that these chats are not all us sucking up the EA. I have been stunned by how aggressive some of these conversations get in terms of how game changers and developers you know, interact when it comes to, we're all passionate about the game. That's the thing. Like you get, and you're allowed people that, you know, that live in this game and people that make it for a living when we don't agree on something and it's not even easy, like give and take, like there is a lot. (laughs) And, uh, I think that you will see a lot of change in terms of what we are able to do and influence in the next couple of years. Obviously I can't say anything individually about future games, but there are things changing that I think will allow us to, impact the game early enough for things to actually significantly change. But we saw, so we saw last year how that failed us when there were so Mm -hmm. many, so many patches and so many different updates. Uh, We don't want that to happen again. So uh, the thing I think about that is that uh, the community got what they kept asking for and ended up not being what they wanted. Uh, I think a lot of people complain about the game and not really understand why they're complaining about it or what is actually wrong with it. Uh, last year, EA just listened. Every time they didn't like something, we, they just reverted back. They went back to the beta, and it turned out people didn't like it. Yeah, like it, it just um, you can never please everyone. Um, I think that a hockey simulation game is by far the hardest sport to actually make a sim for a video game for. It requires an insane amount of just like tech to make you know someone skate and pivot and it's not like running you know what i mean it is much more harder than that to to kind of implement momentum and you know size all and you know fractions of a second where your ai has there's six ai on the ice right so like it is never something it is something that will never be perfect no matter what like i don't think there will ever be an nhl that is almost perfect i think that it has NHL 20 was by far, in my opinion, the best game on this console, this gen of consoles. Like, I don't think it's close. I think NHL 18 was the worst in terms of gameplay. Like it was so bad that it might be one of the worst ever. And 19 was them trying to just constantly listen, which ended up being a bad thing. Yeah. And I think the GWC has a lot to do with that. I think the GWC being a thing now puts competitive and the actual how the game played on such a such a forefront 
that, um, you know, sometimes the guys that have influence in this community say an opinion and guys will see it and without forming their own opinion, will just reiterate. And that isn't, that isn't how the best way to make the game as best as possible. And I think that now the game changers that we have now, um, a lot of them are, aren't just strong opinionated people. They are informed. Like we have intense, long discussions and it's all based on clips and gameplay and, and then, with the developers and stuff. And I think that you're going to see with the next gen stuff, like I can't wait because the jump to this gen has been so bad for a video. For, I don't know if it's been worse for any other video game than EA NHL. Like the, the foundation code that the game sits on was so rough that they can't, couldn't catch up from mm-hmm. the beginning of it. Everyone remembers 15, 15 was just hut and versus. There was no sixes. Yeah. It's widely considered the worst NHL ever because it had nothing. It had it missed out on the biggest, most played game mode. And just for anyone listening that plays NHL, it is sixes or it is World of Chell that is by far the most played game mode, not Hockey Ultimate Team. Just want to get that across because everyone just assumes everyone plays Hut, which is not the case. <laughs> oh so, think- yeah, it was it was a it was a disaster. And now going to the next gen console, they kind of get to start again. So I'm super excited to see and be involved as much as I can in how that's going to play out. I think at the end of the day, people need to realize. That it's a video game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. Like it, it, it's tough, and, and I think that the problem that NHL, Madden, and FIFA probably the reasons why arguments and things are so loud and usually negative is because it's a lot of lack of self awareness. You're playing a game online against someone else, and if you're playing one v one, you have no one to blame but yourself. Hundred percent. No one likes no one likes blaming themselves for a loss. And the first thing that you're going to do when you have no one else to blame in the game is to blame the game itself. <laughs> and now that's not to say the game isn't bad and has its problems. One thousand percent. I mean, you watch my stream. God, I complain all the time. But I also am aware when I get absolutely clapped and worked, and I think that doesn't happen nearly enough for people. And uh, all sports games are going to suffer from that in terms of just like a social and, and a viewpoint. I think that. It's just how the game is played out. You're playing one v one. You have no one to blame. It's when you li- unless you are w- if you are winning, you do not complain at nearly as much. And if you do, it's just because you want to be cool. Yeah, right. Like it's Definitely. you don't really dislike it because if you're winning and you're playing it, you have to get some enjoyment. It's a video game. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Two more questions for you here, and then I'll let sure, you man. go. All right. So NHL season is coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the play-in. We've got the playoffs happening. Likely get a Stanley Cup winner in October. Who's winning the Cup this year? I mean, uh, I think this year more than ever, um, it is insanely wide open because everyone just stopped. So, and not to mention the the amount of pe- the amount of teams that are actually in it. Like, uh, I, I still think that Tampa, their roster is ridiculous. And I'm a Sharks fan and had to watch the Blues. The Blues didn't get any worse. Um, but I think whoever comes out of the East is probably going to be um, the Santa Cup winner. So I would say, dude, this is going to sound really weird, but I have this really odd feeling that it would be super Toronto Maple Leaf of them to win a year in which there would be <laughs> such an asterisk. Like it would be the most Toronto thing ever if they were to win this cup and then everyone else that hates Toronto, the Toronto fan base, um, to just be like, dude, you won a cup when it like there was like it was like a you know fake Stanley Cup playoff. <laughs> like I just have yeah, a feeling. Oh, yeah. I, I have a feeling it's the East regardless. I think it's one. I think it's the. I, to be honest, I think it's the Lightning. Fair enough. You heard it here. All right, last question for you. I know you said you couldn't talk about anything coming up in the next games, but if you, as a gamer, 
could change one thing about NHL 20 going into NHL 21, what would that be? I guess I politically, or I have to say add GM connected, but um, <laughs> what would I like to see the most? I mean, there's substantial things. You know what? I would like to see more interaction between EA and esports events. I want to see EA actually promote the team-based events more and help build a structured league uh, that leads up to the game world championships. I mean, there's a million different mode things that I would like to say, <laughs> but like overall, what I'd like to see is I would like to see um, uh, the e- like loading in and have people find out about the Toronto esports event or the Washington Capitals esports events. The only way that esports in NHL is going to grow is if it's promoted by EA in game, and um, you know that's the only way it's going to happen is if EA does that. He has no sleeves gaming. Cam, thanks a lot for joining me today, man. Just let people know where they can find you in social media, on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, whatever. The floor is yours, man. All right, man. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at no sleeves gaming. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash no sleeves 12 and YouTube, just YouTube sleeveless gaming. Uh, I want to thank you, man. This was a blast, dude. I, I, I love talking this kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Definitely, man. I appreciate your time. Have a great night. You too, dude. He is Cam, No Sleeves Gaming. That does it for episode 24 of the Wonder Brand Show. What an awesome show that was. Uh, I know a lot about him. You guys might not have known a lot about him. So check him out. You can find him on Twitter, at No Sleeves Gaming. As he said, he's on Twitch. He's on YouTube. Find him all over the place. Uh, that does it for another episode. You can find me on Twitter, at JeremyBrand604. Or if you're a hut guy, you can find me on Twitter, at hutlife one, I believe. Yeah, that's it. At Hot Life One. <laughs> Don't even know my own Twitter. But that does it. Episode 24. I am out. <laughs>